Uh, welcome to the last post for issue Saturday, February 9th. I'm your host, Andrew Carey, and you are listening to a Limerick Post podcast bringing you this week's news in bite sized portions. Remember, you can stay up to date with all Limerick news on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook at Limerick Post and hashtag keeping Limerick Posted and at LimerickPost.ie. This week's podcast is brought to you in association with Finucane's Electrical, Limerick's electrical superstore located at Eastway Business Park and online at finucaneselectrical.com. Um, in this week's edition, uh, our front page story looks at um, a claim by Fianna Fáil TD Willie O'Dea that Limerick is getting a raw deal when it comes to the MABS, the Money Advice Bureau Service. It's the government-funded agency aimed at helping those in financial difficulty. I'm now joined by news editor Jerry Collison, who is more on the TD's claims and his comments. Jerry, you're welcome. Thank you very much, Andrew. Um, yeah, this is a story by Alan Jakes. And uh, in, in essence, what, what, what we found out is that the spend per head of population by MABS in Limerick is uh, 264. In Tipperary, it's 448. And in Waterford, it's 698. So there's fairly significant disparity there between all of the different counties. Um, it would seem a little bit strange because not alone the population imbalance, but also the fact that this is a government agency that was set up to help people in financial difficulty. And it's been shown that where there's a significant spend by MABS, that this results sometimes in people being able to get out quicker from their money problems. So it just seems like that Limerick has been uh, shortchanged very much by the MABS group. And I presume um, Deputy OD is looking for explanations on this and obviously an improvement in the service. He certainly is. And to that effect, he has got something of a response from MABS. Um, they underwent a fairly significant uh, restructuring there towards the end of last year. And uh, they had to deal with a lot of legacy issues. And one of those legacy issues was that in places like Waterford and Tipperary, you would have had those counties divided in two. In the case of Waterford, you would have had um, the Waterford City, and then you would have had uh, East Waterford. And then in uh, Tipperary, it was always traditionally divided between North and South, which were effectively two different counties with two different county councils. So they maintain, MABS maintain, that they're trying to deal with uh, legacy issues and that this is at the root cause of the inequality. So Alan's lead story has more on this. Um, not to not to forget, the nurses' strike was back in the forefront this Tuesday, um, Jerry. Following last week's one-day stoppage, both the unions and the government seem to be still oceans apart in this issue. We have more stoppages planned, one for Thursday. What's the latest on this? Yeah, the latest is that uh, they seem both sides seem to be as far apart as ever. Um, all of the uh, six hospitals in the UL group, um, they're uh, scheduled to be picketed. Um, again tomorrow from uh, 8 in the morning until 4 in the evening um, but also we have the uh, health service the health centers rather in uh, in places like Newcastle West and Kilmallock and as well as that we have the intellectual disability services provided by the brothers and sisters of charity um, so they will also be hit um, really I suppose part of the problem is going to be uh, when the pickets are removed and trying to get back to where we were. Significant waiting lists will have built up and as we've been seeing and reading, um, the emergency departments just seem to be swamped entirely. Not that they're ever uh, that idle, but you know, it just appears that the waiting times and the amount of people there has just gone 
into the stratosphere at this stage. We'll be looking for a meeting of the waters here very soon, you know, and the sooner it's, it's, it's fixed, the better. There's some other stories in the newspaper that caught your eye? There are indeed, yeah. There's, there's one here, um, a, a sort of a very unusual one. Um, some of the readers might have heard about um, a crowd of, of, of uh, uh, cannabis cultivators uh, renting a house outside of Brough. House goes on fire. Uh, cannabis, house, the whole lot, gone up in smoke. Um, but now we learn that the uh, curators of the, of, the, of the cannabis house uh, could actually find themselves, or will find themselves, facing charges, despite the fact that the evidence has just gone up in smoke. Um, so we have a little bit on that. Anything else? Um, yeah, there is one interesting one, and I suppose it's, it's again, it's, it's really... Uh, a big win uh, for Limerick uh, in the sense that um, they have succeeded in uh, getting the hosting rights for the 2021 Tag Rugby World Cup. Now, Tag Rugby might seem to be a little bit of a minority sport or even somewhere out on the margins, but this is really a pretty big deal because uh, the figures are very impressive. You know, in addition to a few thousand extra bed nights for the uh, accommodation providers in the city. Um, there's also something like uh, 3,000 players, all of their supporters and followers and entourages and management teams and everything like that. A lot of them actually come in from the Southern Hemisphere because this is the first time that the tournament has moved outside of the Southern Hemisphere. Um, so it'll be a big boost for Limerick, but more than that, it's going to cement the area's reputation as a as a hotbed for rugby, albeit tag rugby. Well, indeed, it's a still a, a, a social setting uh, that we're going to be attracting all of these players, fans, everything into. It's a, it's a good news story for Limerick. It sure is, yeah. It sure is, and we hope to get more of them. That's great. Uh, listen, thanks very much, Sherry. You're very welcome. Uh, I'm now joined by Keen Reinhardt, uh, Limerick Post Digital Editor. You're very welcome, Keen. Thanks. Right, Andrew. How are you getting on? Um, the latest in your We Are Limerick podcast series. Yeah. So I met with uh, Mayor James Collins for the, the fourth episode of the We Are Limerick podcast, and he, he told me about his, or he reflected on his past year as mayor, as well as his past 10 years serving as a Limerick councillor. He then went on to tell me about uh, celebrating a 30-year anniversary of a Junior Cup win in St. Munchens, he was part of the team which was captained by Anthony Foley and he, he basically reflected on the experience of reuniting with some of his old teammates and he had this to say. It, it was great, I must say it was great and they were all very positive when they were coming back to Limerick and spoke very highly of Limerick and the changes that have been made and all, again they've heard the story, you know we hear there's something really special ha happening in Limerick and then when you start to fill in the details for them and they kind of go, well, I didn't know that, or I'm involved in this. And, you know, guys suddenly um, get more involved in it. That's great, Keen. Um, and again, all of those are online, our podcasts through SoundCloud, Spotify. And uh, Acast. Well, and Acast, yeah. uh, a lot of our platforms online as well. And uh, was there any updates in your profile series, Andrew? Yeah, uh, this week I met up with Shane Blake uh, from ACI Universal Payments uh, out in Castle Troy. Um, following on from our conversation with Shane O'Neill in Atlantic Aviation Group last week, uh, Shane reflected on his time with the company and indeed how ACI have come in as a foreign direct investment. Um, for those of you unfamiliar with um, ACI Universal, they're a payments company dealing in technology that handles $14 trillion a day, 
when Shane was talking to me, he would pick his fingers every second and that was a million dollars going through their systems payments. Um, he said that the company acts as a middleman. But Shane told me how the firm started out from 20 employees, now employs 120, and hopes that it will go to 200 as Limerick is considered a strategic site. This is what Shane had to say. More hiring has definitely happened. We had our senior exec VP of product development over recently, and um, she wrote, she's, her organization is like two thirds of the entire company, so, so, you know, three and a half thousand people, and she wants to expand them. She would say, the caliber of, of people in Limerick, be it managers we have in Limerick, or be it individual contributor engineers, the caliber is second to none, and for that reason, they want to grow Limerick. Thanks, Keen. Remember, you can follow Keen's chat with the mayor and my conversation with Shane Blake uh, on our podcast section on our website and across all our platforms. Um, this week's podcast again is brought to you in association with Finucane's Electrical, Limerick's Electrical Superstore, located at Eastway Business Park and online at finucaneselectrical.com. So we are over to sports news now. Um, now joined by John Kill, a journalist with Sporting Limerick. John, you're very welcome back. Thanks, Andrew. Um, we're going to have a look uh, back to the Limerick hurlers. Yeah, you drew an over seven point win over Tipperary at the Gaelic Grounds uh, last Saturday evening. Just second half, last half, last twenty minutes, really just pushed up another gear, and Tip had no answer. When we were talking last week, there was a a not so pretty win that we were reflecting upon. Now, you know, the intensity was upped, the challenge that they faced was upped, now you're looking at a, a slicker Limerick team? Oh, it's very early days, as John Kiley said himself after the game, that, yeah, it's, it's another win. The lads showed that, you know, the, the exertion since they've won the All-Ireland haven't taken too much out of them. They're, they're a month behind everyone else in preparation, fitness-wise. He did also marry that with, he didn't know what Tipperary had done in the week. They could have had a couple of serious sessions they did look leggy in the second half Tipperary, but Limerick just powered home again, you know, and bodes well for Kilkenny in two weeks' time. Limerick travel to Kilkenny in their next National League game, no fixture this weekend. Kilkenny in Kilkenny is always a very, very tough test. That should be a test, and it, you'll probably get a marker of where Limerick are. Yeah, look, th- this week, the Fitzgibbon Cup, there'll be five or six players involved in that, and the rest of the team, I would imagine, will be going through a fairly vigorous fitness regime. Under Joe O'Connor, the strength and conditioning coach. They'll have the second the week after then to kind of relax and get down, down to usual training, I'd imagine. But yeah, Kilkenny, Kilkenny is the barometer. It always will be until Brian Cody probably leaves as opposed to Kilkenny manager, which may, may never happen. Who knows at this stage? This is it. Um, to the footballers? Yeah, great win for the footballers. Made it two wins from two with a win over Waterford uh, in McNeville Park, at Keel on Sunday. It's two wins to beat London the week before. Um, very impressive opening quarter from Limerick. And they, 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 they looked they were a better team throughout. There's no point in saying it. Now, again, Billy Lee did say, like he said after the London game, the likes of Waterford, Wicklow, London and Limerick are on the similar level in Division 4 of the Football League, which is the, the bottom division. He says, we can't judge ourselves until we beat better teams than that. So, look, it's positive. It's two wins from two. First time in six years they've done that at the start of the league campaign. Away to Wicklow this weekend, which will be a bigger test. But sure, you can only win what's in front, even they've done that in their first two games. Yeah, so I mean, footballers will be hopeful of continuing this, yeah, taking it on to the next level. Yeah, it'll be a tougher game against Wicklow away. Any away game is tough at any at any stage, but sides have been good, whereas they have to, again, like the hurlers a bit, married, it's very early in the season, and Limerick are looking, to, to, they're, they're not going to be going too far from where they are, but positive nonetheless. 
Staying on the GA, another two from two, uh, Limerick Camogie. Limerick Camogie beat Clare. It was the precursor to the senior game at the Gaelic Grounds on Sunday. Yeah, victory over Clare, seven points. Beat Offaly a couple of weeks previous by a smaller margin. Neil Cahy awarded Camogie Player of the Week this week, for the, which encompasses all divisions of that, but Limerick are Division 1 anyway. Yeah, by all accounts, I wasn't there, but from what everyone was saying, the Gaelic Grounds. Very impressive performance. They have a break this week. They have a break this week before a game next week again. And you also had the ladies footballers beat loud in their opening campaign or their opening game of the league campaign that's Keaton on Sunday. Which was that was repeated the other in final, which the ladies won last September and they were down for a lot of that game. Two two frees in the ninth minute of injury time saw them to victory. So a great start to their season as well. So that was a lot of wins for teams in green jerseys. There was one team in green jersey that didn't do too well. No, the Irish rugby team got a bit of a wake-up call, I think is the only way to describe it. They'd been lauded in every circle for the last year and a bit. Grand Slam champions, beating Australia, winning a series in Australia, clean sweep in November, but I, I certainly think they got a landing on Saturday. They were destroyed in the collision. There was... You had issues with quick ball, slow ball. There was nothing going forward. It, it, a lot of the game was played inside their own 22. England blitzed them. They hit them hard in every possible way. It didn't look like a team that had just come off the back of Grand Slam wins and provinces that are doing well. What, what, what was wrong? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully Joe Schmidt and his management team, coaching team, all. look, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. They were beaten in every facet. I mean, they were blown away. There was no... And let's call it space, but there's no positives to take from that game whatsoever. We have a Tom Savage talks this week. There's a clamour to bring Simon Zebo, Donica Ryan back. It's not going to happen. I hear a few have set their stall out outside of one Johnny Sexton size hole that they said we, we need Johnny more than we need anyone else when he was at racing. But look, that's not going to happen. All the talk this week has been about Robbie Henshaw. Should he be better? Look, England took advantage of that. That wasn't the sole reason Ireland lost it. it giving the chance to get territory in Ireland's 22, moving Henshaw around the place, but Ireland were blown away everywhere. But to, but to be fair, not to disrespect the players that were on the field representing, and equally so not to disrespect the exiled players, there isn't an answer just to this. I mean, there isn't an answer just to bring an exiled player back, put him onto the field, and that's going to work. Absolutely not. No, of course it's not. I mean, Josh Schmidt has picked the panel of players he's picked. I, I don't think they were found out. I think England wanted it more. England were sharp. They were at it from the first minute. They had a very intelligent kickoff. Landed on Keith Earls, which they did several times. Keith Earls, as he's as he said since, he probably shouldn't have been on the field. Caused it a first try by his own admissions. Kept slipped out of the fence. Gave England, if had held out in that period of time, it might have been a different story. You also have to look at Eddie Jones fueling it. So yeah, of course. He, he, he's a... The great protagonist just pumping it, what, on. What Eddie does brilliantly, you can. Everyone has an opinion about Eddie Jones. What Eddie does brilliantly. He takes the focus away from his players always, and that's that's the, that's his whole. Marino used to do it in his heyday. Probably can't do it anymore. But that's what Eddie Jones did in the lead up to this game. It was the perfect, perfect ambush. Safe to say that Ireland need a win in their next outing. Yeah, big game against Scotland. Murrayfield. Ireland have a great record in Murrayfield, but it's never the easiest place to go. Just a quick note as well, CJ Sander playing 62 minutes with what looks to be a fractured eye socket and cheekbone, making 18 tackles. He didn't let the management know he was hurt. 
No. You can look into that job, but he's gone for a month. Uh, Billy Holland has also been called up to the squad replacement for Devon Toner for the next week or two, I think. Okay, so it'll be an interesting couple, game, of, couple yeah. of weeks, yeah. Um, looking more local, you've got some news of regional and nationally looking for FAI. Yeah, Ashling and Akati and Regional United looking to make the FAI Junior Cup quarterfinals this weekend. Regional played Ballymun on Saturday, while Ashling and Akati play Tremor on Sunday. So, two big games, very young Ashling and Akati side, very young Regional side, but promising nonetheless to see them even at this stage of the competition. It's bonus territory. Thanks, John. Um, all our sports news is brought to you uh, with uh, Sporting Limerick um, and through our partnership. Uh, and more from Sports World can be found online at limerickpost.ie. Thanks very much, John. Cheers, Andrew. Again, uh, this week's podcast is brought to you in association with Finucane's Electrical, Limerick's electrical superstore located at the Eastway Business Park and online at finucaneselectrical.com. I'm now joined by our insatiable Entertainment Editor Eric Fitz, how are you doing? Good evening, Andrew. Good to um, see you. Thank you. Uh, and you, of course. Listen, uh, entertainment news, uh, Sleaford Mods. Sleaford Mods, yeah, they're on the way back to us. They were, uh, they were with us in 2014, and um, there was a lot of buzz about the band back then. But, um, and it only just grew from there. And I, th- I think they were on a lot of people's end-of-year lists in 2014. Um, they are a little bit of a sort of a Sex Pistols, Marky Smith. Um, it's just the two of them. Um, they're an unusual actor when you see him live because there's a guy who makes the beats on a laptop. He generally puts the laptop up on a couple of beer crates and Jason Wilson Williamson uh, kind of spits his rhymes over it. So it's a bit of a punk hip-hop. Um, their subject matter is uh, austerity in the UK, being stuck on the dole, and um, the, the characters and other bands that they hate. So they're real personalities. Um, and they, they just got bigger and bigger uh, since, uh, since the last time they've been here. So it's great to have them coming back. They, uh, they signed up with Rough Trade Records. Brought out the album in English Tapas, and we kind of meet them now. They are back on tour, and they're back being an independent band again. So that's what we're chatting about, um, as well as the fact that they're actually coming to Dolan's this Sunday. But uh, they, yeah, they're, they were chatting about the challenges of being an indie band again uh, after, let's say, somebody like Rough Trade who could actually, you know, handle a lot of the publicity for them. And their Dolan stop is part of a wider. UK and Ireland tour? It's, yeah, it's going all over the UK. Uh, we are getting very early gigs. They're doing Galway, uh, Belfast, and then they go on to the UK for about a month and a half. Um, you know, and the the new record is just out. I was going to find you a, a track or two, but we're not allowed to play the tracks on the new album uh, yet. It's not out for another two weeks, but I searched for a track for you and I picked a track called Tweet 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 because it was quite the effort to find a track that maybe didn't have any swearing in it. That's just the way they roll. But, um, but that's it, the new album. Um, they wrote it and released it within three months and it actually is... As uh, Jason said himself, there's a bit more of a lush, warm sound to it, and they're mellowing a bit with age. They're in both of them in their late 40s now. So, uh, But they are absolutely outstanding live. You've got to go see them. I think Keen is going to have a little audio clip for us of Sleaford Mods. This is a human race. You keep in your disgrace. Chopped 
Thanks, Eric. Um, that's it this Sunday in Dolan's. Um, you, you always manage to deliver these tongue twisters to me. Um, past the Ox Chord Sim Sima Sound System. Yep, that just came in uh, literally a couple of days ago. And uh, Sim Sima Sound System is actually a Dublin-based group of DJs and producers. So they run a lot of parties and uh, boat parties. And they turn up at a lot of festivals, Body and Soul, Beach Art. So on the back of all that, they have launched their own record label. And... On the record label, which is super exciting from a Limerick point of view, is that they have Denise Kayala, who we've spoken about only two or three weeks ago, and God knows of the Rossangano family. And this EP is their debut EP on this record label. It's kind of got a kind of a Caribbean hip hop sound. The production is absolutely top notch. And uh, Denise's track that's on it is called Man Like Me. And um, it's yeah, it's got a bit of grime, a bit of hip-hop, and it, the songs are pretty much all about identity and equality, what it's like to be somebody as an Irish citizen, but maybe not born here. And all of those is the subject matter. Um, Denise's track and God Knows His track are just dance floor bangers. They're going, the Denise's track is going straight into my, my DJ set anyway, um, and she's uh, pretty wicked in it. So I hope you get to enjoy this track because she's pretty much destroying a few male stereotypes in it. So uh, this is something to watch for the future. This is, this is serious stuff. So it's on Sim Sima, and the tr- track is called Men Like Me, Denise Kayala. And I think Keen's lining up an audio clip for us. You ain't never seen a man like me. Big girl team, make a little man cry. Chewing man like gum when he's got no teeth. Said man like me, man like me. You ain't never seen a man like me. Big girl team, make a little man cry. Chewing man like gum when he's got no teeth. You ain't got no teeth. You ain't got no teeth. All but no bite. You ain't got no teeth. You ain't got no teeth. All but no bite. You ain't got no teeth. You ain't got no teeth. All but no bite. You ain't got no teeth. You ain't got no teeth. Um, okay, that's great. Thanks. And you've Pow Pig for Indie 19? Yes, indeed. Yeah, good news. Just saying again, uh, Pow Pig have uh, been um, joining with the likes of Something Happens. Tom Dunn is back to full health again, which is great news. And Indie Grunge Royalty, Curb Dog. Uh, and they're all being added to the bill for uh, the Independence Festival, which is on in Mitchellstown over the August bank holiday weekend. And they're, uh, they're joining Bastille, Biffy Claro, Maxi Jazz, and All Twins. Uh, that lineup is looking really, really strong. Uh, you can find out a bit more at independencefestival.com. As always, thanks very much, Eric. Loads of music and hints news on Music Limerick, LimerickPost.ie. Thanks very much. Cheers. Uh, again, our podcast this week is brought to you in association with Finucane's Electrical, Limerick's electrical superstore located at Eastway Business Park online at finucaneselectrical.com. I am now joined by the effervescent Rose Rush. Good afternoon, Andrew. How are you? You have some arts news for us this week, and I think we're traveling through the centuries. Yes, indeed, we are, we are, we are. University Concert Hall is our first venue. Note in your social diary, folks, Saturday, February 9th. That's coming up to us very shortly now. Uh, It's the return of an old favourite, a costumed extravaganza, very high immune. It's the Viennese Strauss Gala. So we're looking at uh, the European Orchestral Ensemble, uh, hand-picked musicians uh, playing to... 
um, playing for and playing playing to us the audience and playing for a group of outstanding singers. I'll just give you some names here. Megan Llewellyn. Uh, she played the mother of Bess in the UK tour of Sound of Music and she was Carlotta in the Phantom of the Opera. Um, she's joined by other super dupers, baritone Richard Immerdluck, probably pronouncing that wrong. He was Figaro in La Noche de Figaro recently and um, soprano Olivia Lewis. So that's going to be an absolutely gorgeous night. Expect candelabras, expect the grand piano, strings, tuxedos. Evening gowns. It's this, going to be beautiful. This is something at a gala at its best, right? You said it. You said it. Um, you're moving on to? Okay, 20th century boy. Still banging it out in the 21st century. That's Lehman Wainley. We all know the Hot House Flowers and they had sort of an epic tour of hits. And they were... The, the remarkable thing about them is that they managed to retain their hip whilst yet espousing the Irish language all the ways. Even this week, Lehman Wainley was back in the news lamenting the absence from Dublin roadway signs of the Sheena Fada. He is two in his name, remember, and he just said it's so disrespectful to the language. So if people are still ringing in for sound bites, you get the, the, the idea of their currency. Hot House Flowers brought out an album a couple of years back, All New Writing. They're touring with it on and off. He's in Limerick to do a benefit gig for his old mucker and Blake. Anne has returned home from New York bringing back two best of awards in a theatre festival there under the title Origin First Irish Theatre. That's run by a Limerick man, George Heselin. But Anne's show has previously, the morning after the, the life before, concerns her own slow-brewing romance and ultimately getting permission from the Irish people to finally marry her love. It's, she's made a musical memoir of that with her own songwriting He's doing a benefit for its tour. She's going to Dublin with it. She's going over to London with it. She's been to Australia with it. She's been to Edinburgh with it. Collecting prizes all the way. Uh, Limo Mainly is going to sing a concert and play in concert at number one Perry Square Hotel. That's going to be on Saturday, February 23rd. In that, he's not supported by Anne Blake. He's supported by another recording songwriting artist, Kathleen Turner. Kathleen Peck's out Dolan's. I've been to several of her concerts there. She's got a huge following in Limerick. And Blake's a lucky woman to have artists of this calibre shouting yeah. for her. Yeah, sounds like a great Amazing. event. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's on tomorrow night, Thursday 7th. When princes can be pirates, it's Okay, your lead. I'm just going to give a nod to this because we gave full homage to Dance Limerick and their What Next Contemporary Dance Festival. When Princesses Can Be Pirate, it's one show of a series of shows in an open, family-friendly day and a dance-friendly day to people who might be interested in dance, but they're not at all into it, per se. They could be on the fringes. Tickets are for very, very little money indeed, operating out uh, this Saturday. Um, it's going to be Saturday, February the 9th, again, out of John Square. And the whole festival closes with a stomp of a dance party led by uh, Toby Amitoso. Um, Rose, I see that the return of City and Soul also took on a historical site. Yes, indeed. Um, reader, this is an episodic series by reasons of space in the paper and trying to theme out the first unit in City and Soul is going to be about bringing our listener and our reader closer towards city and Midwestern institutions and the people who head them up. The city part is obvious. The soul part is a window in on the, the leader, the human being, male or female, who, uh, who leads operations and who engages in strategy and vision and so on. 
Uh, this week's uh, subject matter is the 851-year-old St Mary's Cathedral, and my interview was with um, Dean Niall J Sloan, a young man with wonderful, wonderful, wonderful ideas about integration. Uh, the doors open every morning for a morning service. Every person of every faith and no faith at all is welcome in. He talks to Limerick Post about the three quite different identities of this wonderful cathedral, Limerick's oldest building and gifted to the church by uh, King Donal way back in 1150. He's come to the end of um, the year's anniversary, the 850 year anniversary celebrations. Mark in your diary again a specific date, Sunday, February the 17th, 7pm in St Mary's Cathedral, under those cratlow wood rafters and within the six different chapels inside. And there's going to be a presentation of honours to people who are identified as Limerick's unsung heroes. I won't name them for you, you can read the Limerick Post tomorrow. And there's going to be a presentation of checks to local charities as well. And here we have um, a snap from a snip from Kean's interview, also with the dean talking about their wonderful plans for the west door, which will be thrown open to everybody. Kean. And plans are afoot to uh, create an inner porch here that we can open this up permanently to tourist, visitor, pilgrim alike. And we have a lovely story to tell that. As the door is only opened uh, by tradition for special guests and visitors, we want to say that every single person that enters the building is a special guest, is a special visitor, and are welcome into St Mary's and for all that it represents. That's great, Rose. And we were only just remarking earlier on that the cathedral has played host to many different events. It's, it's almost like a creative space as much as a place of worship. Well, you know what? I'll read you. I'll read you. Read you what they, the Dean told me, because it's fascinating. First and foremost, St Mary's Cathedral, it's a place of Christian worship. It's a cathedral and not a church. And he tells us that the cathedral is specifically intended, by nature of its ministry, it can push the boundaries and experiment and be bold. What an attitude. What a man. Uh, we have a full-page story on that, um, an in-depth interview with the Dean, uh, as usual. Thank you very much, Rose. So this has been The Last Post, and I've been your host, Andrew Carey. I'd like to draw out a few thank yous. Jerry Collison, news editor. John Keogh, sporting Limerick. Eric Fitzgerald, entertainments editor. Rose Rush, arts editor. And, of course, producer, Keen Reinhardt. Thank you. And to our sponsors of this week's podcast, brought to you in association with Finucane's Electrical. Limerick's Electrical Superstore, located at the Eastway Business Park and online at finucanselectrical.com. For more news, sport, entertainments, home and living, pets, and much, much more, make sure you turn to Limerick Post every Thursday in print and online at limerickpost.ie and through all our social media channels. We really are keeping Limerick posted.